Welcome to Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about the end of Illinois' Invest in Kids School Choice Scholarship Program, the status of the state's gun ban registry, and ongoing issues with non-citizen migrant arrivals. I'll then join the Center Square's Dan McCaleb to further discuss those stories and more. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Knowledge is power, and you deserve to know what happens in your state government. That's why the nonprofit Franklin News Foundation is bringing you straight news journalism through the center square, reporting on state authorities and publishing stories that show where your money goes and who spends it. By supporting the center square, you can track politicians' use of taxpayer money and demand transparency from elected officials. This is how we can equip everyday Americans to hold their government accountable. Become a supporter of Franklin today at franklinnews.org donate. Welcome back to Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. After a five-year run, the Invest in Kids School Choice Scholarship Program set to expire December 31st. Kevin Bessler has that story. Illinois lawmakers failed to renew the scholarship tax credit program during the fall veto session, despite many parents voicing their concerns about the hardships that an end of this program would bring. Hira Varma with the American Federation for Children says she envisions some Illinois families moving out of state in search of school choice. I have a feeling that that is something that will happen because once you give um, families the choice to where they send their child and then you take it away, they're not going to be okay with the status quo of I'm just going to keep sending my child to this public school that is not serving them well. Under the program, students must come from a household with an income below 300% of the federal poverty level to be eligible. Since the Investing Kids program launched in 2018, over 40,000 scholarships have been awarded. I'm Kevin Bessler. A challenge to Illinois' gun ban and registries expected to proceed after the new year. After courts denied a temporary delay of the January 1st deadline to register banned guns, John Bach of Gun Save Life said residents have options like destroying or turning over banned items to law enforcement. Other options include uh, rehoming your firearm outside of Illinois. That's an option a lot of people, including myself, have chosen to get the gun out of Illinois and out of the reach of the governor. While it won't come until after the January 1st deadline, court action is expected on lawsuits challenging the law. Attorney Thomas Mag discussed his Fifth Amendment challenge he filed earlier this year based on previous Supreme Court precedent. That there is no protections uh, for the registrant uh, having the information used against them. And so the Supreme Court declared that unconstitutional under the Fifth Amendment. In Mag's case, Federal District Judge Stephen McGlynn set a status hearing for January 4th. The state's looking to delay that into the second week of January. And Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson is part of a trio of Democratic mayors who are urging the federal government to help deal with the inflow of non-citizen arrivals. Andrew Hensel has that story. Johnson, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, and Denver Mayor Mike Johnston hosted a three-person Person news event in which all three called upon President Joe Biden for help. Chicago has seen over 25,000 migrants arrive since last August, which has left many communities in need of help, according to Johnson. As buses continue to arrive in the city of Chicago and all over the country, the type of chaos that has been administered has left many of our local economies under tremendous amount of duress. Johnson says he will continue to do his part, but urged the president to provide some assistance. But we cannot do this alone. We need more support from the federal government. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has sent more than 80,000 asylum seekers to Democratic cities over the past year. He's criticized the Biden administration for not enforcing the southern U.S. border. 
I'm Andrew Hensel. Those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, I'll join the Center Square's Dan McCaleb to further discuss the news. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Are you tired of news that puts politics over people? At the nonprofit Franklin News Foundation, we believe in putting people over politics by delivering nonpartisan news and audio content that serves you, the American taxpayer. With Franklin News Foundation, you can read fact-based, state-focused news for free at thecentersquare.com. You can listen to civil, balanced conversations between policy experts through our podcast network at americastalking.com. Or you can get in-depth news on K-12 education spending, curriculum, and school safety at chalkboardnews.com. It's all free through Franklin, where we put you, the American taxpayer, first in every story, episode, and conversation. And it's only possible through our supporters. Together, we can produce content that puts people over politics and brings Americans the news they deserve. Become a supporter today at franklinnews.org donate. Once again, that's franklinnews.org slash donate. Greetings and welcome to the final Illinois in Focus of 2023. Illinois in Focus is powered by the Center Square. I'm Dan McKayla, Vice President of News and Content at the Franklin News Foundation, publisher of the Center Square Newswire service. Joining me again today is Greg Bishop, the Center Square's Illinois Capitol Bureau Senior Reporter and Editor, Greg, I was out much of last week, so a belated Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year as well. And uh, to you and your family and everybody that's listening, uh, Happy New Year coming up and can't believe 2023 is almost in the books. Yes, it is. We are recording this on Thursday, December 28th. And Greg, as we do bring 2023 to a close, we're going to be talking about a lot of the same things that we talked about at the beginning of the year. In January, Democrats who control the state legislature passed among the most restrictive guns and accessories bans in the nation. Legal challenges to that ban are still being argued in the federal courts as the new registry is just a few days away from opening on January 1st. Illinois' lone school choice scholarship program known as Invest in Kids sunsets also on January 1st after Democrats in the General Assembly decided not to extend it. And the migrant crisis in Chicago continues to get worse by the day. Greg, why don't we start with the uh, gun ban challenges and the new registry, since you just wrote about that today at thecentersquare.com. Yeah, so uh, last week on Friday, anticipated that we would get a ruling from the Southern District of Illinois federal judge, Stephen McGlynn, on a motion to delay that January 1st deadline to register banned items with Illinois State Police. He had already indicated he was not inclined to issue an injunction, essentially a hold of that January 1st deadline. And his ruling was just that he denied that motion to delay the January 1st deadline. But he did so saying that he wants to get to the merits of the issue. So we've been talking a lot about these court cases off and on for months, uh, all the way back to when the first case was filed in state court against the law back in January of 2023. All of those cases 
proceeded on preliminary motions. And these are motions that are made at the beginning of a court challenge, seeking immediate relief and not dealing with the merits of these issues. So you had different jurisdictions take up different cases going different ways. In the Northern District, they sided with the state, saying that they were likely to succeed on the merits. In the Southern District, with Stephen McGlynn, federal judge, he did issue an injunction. Uh, and uh, that uh, only lasted about six days before a hold was put on that injunction by the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. So you had different challenges that were brought back to the district courts to uh, try to find other avenues of getting initial delays in implementing the law. Well, after the Seventh Circuit essentially showed their cards uh, saying that they see the states proceeding on the merits and, and winning on the merits, uh, it was time for uh, these various court cases to start uh, biting away at the actual merits of this. But there was that one lingering chance trying to uh, delay that January 1st deadline. So the judge, he denied that, saying he's ready to get to the merits of the issue. But also last week, a separate challenge from Thomas Mag, an attorney in southern Illinois. He is looking for not preliminary action, but now he's looking for summary judgment, which in the district courts, that would be final action on the merits of the law. And uh, Thomas Mag, he's seeking to uh, challenge the law on the basis that it violates the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. So he filed this for summary judgments. And while it's after the January 1st deadline, Judge Stephen McGlynn has set a status hearing for January 4th, where he said previously he's ready to get to the merits of these issues uh, to actually deal with these things on final action. That way they can get taken up by the appeals court and eventually the U.S. Supreme Court, where everybody sees these challenges ultimately landing. So we have that at play with uh, the merits of the issue seeming to be taken up in the new year. But that's going to be after that January 1st deadline kicks in. So a lot of uh, speculation on how that January 1st deadline will play out with the coming Monday. That's when the deadline is. Uh, how many people are actually going to register their firearms? Dan, something else we've been tracking at thecentersquare.com is the data that Illinois State Police have been putting out every week since the registry opened October 1st. And if I recall, the first round of numbers that they published was only 0.04% of total firearm owner identification card holders that had registered banned items. And then the second week, that number went up to around 0.8. And then by this week, the number is now at 0.63% of FOID card holders. So again, that is not even one full percentage point of total FOID card holders registering banned items. As we've talked about, Dan, that doesn't mean every FOID card holder has a banned item. That really is the only metric we have to indicate who is and who's not a registered firearms owner. But uh, others are looking at those numbers saying it is showing massive non-compliance, especially heading into the final few days before that January 1st deadline kicks in. And Gun Save Life, which is a gun rights organization, John Bach, he's the executive director, talked with him earlier and he said, listen, the number is actually 99.4% non-compliance. 
And he says that that is astounding uh, and uh, shows that this is not something people are going to comply with. But with that January 1st deadline just around the corner, gun owners have choices they have to make. Either they flout the law completely and not even register or even comply with it, or they comply with the law and register their banned items. Or they could dispose of the firearm, relinquish it to law enforcement, transfer it out of state to another location where it's not housed in Illinois or a variety of other things. But uh, regardless of all of that, there's going to be a lot of activity in the courts in the new year when it comes to dealing with the merits of these issues. And we'll be tracking it step by step at thecentersquare.com. Greg, I just want to briefly go back to this Fifth Amendment challenge to the gun registry. Essentially, the General Assembly passed and Governor Pritzker signed this ban on what is now, what is what, about 170 or more than 170 semi-automatic handguns and rifles in the state. On top of that, the accessories. But those who bought those now banned guns, those now banned accessories, before the law went into effect, they are required to report that they own these now banned guns with state police. And the the argument, the legal challenge on constitutional grounds is that, well, that's the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination. You are admitting that you now own a banned gun. So you're essentially testifying against yourself by registering your gun. Is that essentially what that argument is? Yeah, the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination means that your rights under the U.S. Constitution Bill of Rights and the Fifth Amendment is you are not required to incriminate yourself. Uh, So, for instance, if uh, you're being questioned by law enforcement and they ask you a question, you can plead the Fifth Amendment to not incriminate yourself. Uh, So that's the ultimate argument that uh, we've come to now on uh, the challenge that Thomas Mag has brought forward. But what's fascinating is to watch the evolution of these various arguments. Mag was actually the first one to file a lawsuit against this law in state court. It was transferred to federal court. But he had three major arguments. One was that the law violates the Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms. Uh, Another argument was that it was uh, unconstitutionally vague. And the third argument here is that it's the Fifth Amendment that they're using to say that the law is unconstitutional. So we've dealt with issues on a preliminary basis on the Second Amendment that went all the way up to the uh, appellate court and even some of those cases trying to get the U.S. Supreme Court to intervene. None of that succeeded. Uh, Then you had MAG try to have uh, oral arguments on the uh, vagueness question. Uh, Judge McGlynn, he he shot that down, saying that the law is not unconstitutionally vague. It's very clear what needs to be registered. Second Amendment issues aside. So McGlynn uh, now in front of him has this Fifth Amendment argument on summary judgments that you could have uh, heard with oral arguments and a trial uh, as early as uh, even next month. So we'll be watching this closely to see how these arguments evolve in court and the myriad other cases that are still in court uh, dealing with the merits on these issues. And I would imagine, Dan, before we are even done here, there could be other lawsuits filed. Uh, because keep in mind, there was a six-day window that the law was enjoined, meaning that the law could not be enforced. And that's after Stephen McGlynn, the federal judge in the Southern District of Illinois, issued an injunction, and that lasted for six days before the appeals courts reversed that, essentially. And during that six-day window, thousands of people across the states went and purchased these 
semi-automatic firearms under the assumption that the court had ordered the state can't enforce the law. So they took part in what they thought was their Second Amendment right. Well, there's a question now as to if those individuals are going to have to turn over those firearms or possibly violate the law because state police through the attorney general's office has said that those firearms were purchased after the January 10th enactment date of the Protect Illinois Communities Act and are not allowed to be registered. So we could very well see a lawsuit dealing with just that issue of those individuals and whether they should be held harmless for purchasing firearms during a court-ordered injunction of the law, even if it was just for a six-day window this spring. Right. Well, we expect all kinds of developments in this story well into 2024. Listeners can keep up with the story at thecentersquare.com. But let's move on, Greg. In just a few days, Illinois' sole school scholarship, school choice scholarship program comes to an end. It sunsets on December 31st, leaving thousands of children who have been able to take that scholarship money, use it at a private school of their choice, leaving them essentially hanging, not knowing what they're going to do next school year because that money will not be available to them. Tell us, what do you expect in 2024? Yeah, and this was um, really contentious during uh, not just spring session uh, earlier this year, but even during fall veto session where you had families show up in droves at the Illinois State House lobbying their lawmakers to essentially continue the Invest in Kids School Choice Scholarship Program. This program came about five plus years ago as an agreement between then Governor Bruce Rauner and various other public education advocates to change the state's public school funding formula. And part of that funding formula means an increase of $350 million to K-12 schools every year. That's in addition to the billions of dollars K-12 schools schools already get. And with that agreement, they would have a private school choice scholarship program, a program that allows for private donors to give to a fund in exchange for a 75% Illinois income tax credit. And over the past five years, the program has facilitated 40,000 individuals getting scholarships. Just this most recent school year, 9,500 were given scholarships. These were scholarships taking kids out of failing public schools and putting them into private schools that better fit their needs. And uh, the program had a huge acceptance rate and a, a very large satisfaction rate. Uh, but there was massive opposition from public school teacher unions that said that the funds were diverting dollars away from public schools, despite those dollars coming from private investors. And they uh, also were pushing back on the ideas of not supporting public schools, despite public schools getting upwards to $2 billion extra on top of the billions they already get since the Invest in Kids School Scholarship Program was enacted. So come December 31st at midnight, the program is going to expire. But here's what we could see happen in the new year. We could see the legislature come back and possibly bring about a couple of changes to the program, reinstating it by modifying the tax credit amounts or modifying various other components of the program. So there's still some hope with those families that this program could be resurrected. But as of right now, no action means that it is set to sunset on December 31st at midnight. Now, as I understand it, those 9,500 or so students who are currently benefiting from it, they will be able to continue this school year. But come May, those dollars run out 
and next school year is essentially they're going to be returned unless the legislature does something new and different. They're going to be returning to the public school that they decided to leave in the first place because it wasn't working for them. And you got to think those uh, kids who are seniors in high school, that might not matter much. But those who are third grade going into fourth grade, this is going to matter a whole lot. Right. Another topic we've been talking about on Illinois in focus much of the year that has to do with the border crisis, particularly at the southern border, where more than 10 million people have attempted to illegally cross the border into states such as Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, etc., Texas's governor, in particular, Greg Abbott, said his state was being overwhelmed by these um, migrants, illegal border crossers, began busing last year thousands and thousands of these non-citizens to so-called sanctuary cities, of which Chicago is one. Chicago uh, has been dealing with thousands of these migrants who have been bused to the city. There's been some developments in that recently. Greg, tell us about those. Yeah, so uh, from buses to planes to even trains uh, and something that I think is rather fascinating to see all the different modes of transportation that are being used to transport these non-citizen migrants crossing over the southern U.S. border into border communities to then go to sanctuary cities. So this week, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson joined in a virtual news conference with New York Mayor Eric Adams and Denver Mayor uh, Mike Johnston. And they talked about how they need more federal assistance by way of more federal tax funds to deal with this issue. They're also looking for some kind of coordination with the southern border communities, including uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who they allege is making the problems even more severe for their communities. What they didn't talk about, though, was efforts to close the southern U.S. border. Uh, And that's something Republicans have been pushing for, saying that that needs to happen first and foremost uh, before any other movements towards releasing more resources to deal with those migrants who are in the country. And there really hasn't been that much willingness to get to that side of the debate of actually enforcing the closed border uh, and a lot of criticism for President Joe Biden and his policies. So uh, most recently, you have uh, the the city of Chicago passing an ordinance to allow for buses that don't follow certain guidance to be impounded. And after one bus was impounded, uh, a private plane was then chartered to Chicago. Uh, But now we're seeing this matriculate outside of the city of Chicago, where there are signs posted along Interstate 55 saying no migrant buses welcome this exit. And you've got cities across the state taking different stances. Some are following Chicago's lead in passing ordinances to allow for impounding buses that may drop off non-citizen migrants in their communities, which has happened already several different times. But others are essentially passing resolutions that say they're not going to accept migrants at all. They're not even going to accept taxpayer resources from the states to deal with the migrants. So there's different tracks that uh, communities across the state are taking. But clearly, this is an issue that uh, is ramping up because even New York's mayor, Chicago's mayor and Denver's mayor, they all acknowledged that they continue to get dozens upon dozens of non-citizen migrants showing up within their city limits. Well, thank you, Greg. As we've mentioned, this is a story that is not going to go away anytime soon. Our listeners can follow it at thecentersquare.com. Greg, it's been a tremendous year for the Center Square and for Illinois in focus. I appreciate all you do to inform taxpayers in the state of Illinois about what government 
is doing with their hard-earned tax dollars. We will continue that as the legislative session kicks off next month. We get into the budget address in February, and then really a full sprint to the end of session. We'll be following what goes on in the courts with the gun ban. We'll be following whether or not the legislature decides to take on the school choice scholarship program again. And there's probably going to be a lot of issues we don't even know about. Thank you again, Greg, for all of your and your team's hard work in 2023. I look forward to working with you in to 2024 and beyond. But we are out of time. For Greg Bishop, I'm Dan McCaleb. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and have a happy new year.